when you say this to her, she immediately starts sort of scanning the faces of the guardsmen that came with you, and none of them will make eye contact with her. Um, she is, and she's got that look on her face, like, are you fucking serious right now? Um, and she's obviously, she's a fairly, like, powerful presence as a person anyway, so these guards are, like, sheepishly turning, averting their gaze, and she is making a list in her head when you say that. Right. (laughs) Jeez. There is no, this... This must happen. There is no consent to be given. This will happen. Okay. Um, I am on your side. Right. I'm not saying that this can't happen. I am also saying that you have a problem that needs to be addressed in a way that everyone is going to be okay with. Or at least more people than are currently okay with it are okay with it. Because you can't keep ignoring the situation. These people are unhappy. They want something to change to the point where they've asked us to help them. So, like, we're, we're going to have to talk about options. So, she's still... She's gone from, like, flushed with effort to, like... not angry but like deeply frustrated and like you get the sense she's got a very like immediately goes to a vibe of I can't believe these fuckers are doing this now (laughs) and she uh, you can almost see her switch into I don't know if politician mode is the right like like politician mode is probably like the closest thing I can come up with. Whereas just she goes and she, she's like, I understand that there is some unhappiness and she's again, scanning the faces of the guards people, right? Who are still not making eye contact in any way, shape or form. I'm saying, I understand there's some unhappiness with the way the situation's gone. Mistakes have been made to the, get us to this point. This seems like a conversation we can have tomorrow. Uh, might tomorrow be a bit late for our um, rather out of it friend over there? Gesturing towards the uh, mm-hmm. elephant. Yeah. She, oh, no, she, she definitely takes the hint. Uh, she uh, follows your gesture and turns and looks and. You can see her shoulders sink and her demeanor shift significantly. And she looks deeply sad. Deeply sad. Um, and she, you can, she... When she turns back to face you, she's got her eyes closed and you can tell that she's collecting her thoughts but also, like, really unhappy with the reality around her right now. And she says, we, the events, everything, everything has just gone completely wrong. I, I wish it were another way. I wish it went like this always goes, but 
it has not. And now we have to do what we have to do. And then we have to try to make it better. But that has to come after. So please, you don't want to be here. This is going to be very unpleasant. Ooh, do you like lose your memories and stuff? Oh, sorry. Oh, dear. Do you lose your memories or something? No, no, no. Um, that is not. No, what happens now is we kill our god, and then we do it again next time. Hmm. It's like everyone's sort of like, uh, okay. Um, yeah, she might have some idea what that book is, or the tools are. Well, see, I asked, because we had these stones here for Bertram? Is his name Bertram? I feel like I should know this. Bertram? Yeah. He has to deliver these, and he said it was quite important. Well, if you are, if you show her the bag of stones, right? Yep. Um, she will take it from you, and and she will sort of. She's, she looks unconvinced that anything you're about to show her is going to change anything right now. Um, but you show her the stones, and she opens up the bag, and she looks inside, and she pulls out one of them, and sort of turns it over in the light, and then she, hands you back the bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, still holding the stone that she took out, and she turns away from you and walks over to a portcullis? Some sort of, like, opening chamber thing in the wall, sort of buried amongst some statuary. And she kneels, or, like, squats down and picks something up off the floor. And does it a couple of times. Picks several pieces of something up off the ground. And she comes, and she comes towards, because inside the inside this chamber, the, the sources of light are basically torches. Um, and the nether void is giving off a slight glow. Right? Um, so she walks towards the doorway where there's just a little bit of natural light left. And you can see her, in one hand she has the stone she took out of your uh, your bag, and in the other hand, she has what look to be shards with clearly defined facets on them, as though they've been properly worked, of a the same kind of stone, essentially. And you can see her; she's processing. She's pro- in her head. She's putting this information together. But it's not clear what conclusion she's coming to. And she's not immediately sharing it. Doctor? Do you want me to tap in and see what she's thinking? For someone who's like really caught up on consent of the village people, I just want to point this out. (laughs) (laughs) Rules for you, not for me. (laughs) Zero respect for privacy. At all. It's great. Uh, yeah, spend your spend your ISP. No, I'm 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 asking, right? Because I don't I don't know that I care. I, I mean, it's not that I don't care. I just don't know that it's. I'm curious, but I'm not like. I don't need to know. 
If somebody else needs to know that I'm willing to tap in, but otherwise I'll hang out. I'll hang out. If if the answer is no, then what she's gonna do? She's gonna after a moment of contemplation, she's gonna look up and she's gonna make eye contact with uh, Granny Thick, and she's gonna say, "Who you brought this for? My grandfather." For Bertram? Was his name? Yeah, Bertram. What what else did you bring? Oh, there's a book thingy. Super big. She'll when you mention a book, she'll immediately like almost throw the stone at you to try to get you to put it back in the bag. And then be like and then clearly want the book. Oh, okay. Oh. Alright, sure. Okay. Um, as Granny hands uh, Ilsa the book, um, Doc, you've got some some lore, magic, and that kind of thing, right? Religion? Yeah, okay. all those sorts of things. Yep. And uh, Elmer, you can speak Elven, right? You're an elf, you speak yes. Elven? Yes. Alright, and I assume read Elven, right? Yeah. Okay. This book is covered in old Elven runes. And the cover says, like, the, the spine says something about, uh, well, it's actually a word that you don't know directly, but if you had to guess based on the context clues and, like, phonemes and things, uh, it's, it's labeled and it's and clearly very, very old. And the, the, the two of you both come to the immediate conclusion that this book predates the uh, millennia of cleansing, which is the, the era after the Elf Dwarf War when they went around uh, tearing down all their magical WMDs. And this, your immediate thought about this is this looks like a magical book about magical things. And specifically Elamir, since you since you're familiar with Elven. Uh the the writing on the front is not terribly organized. This is not like this is like a personal tome. Somebody wrote this for themselves. Like this is notes they took. It's about rune magic. It's about like the really terrible old stuff that caused a lot of problems back in the day. It's precisely the kind of book that might have some kind of information about what the fuck is going on here. <laughs> and she is leafing through it. And from what you can catch, sort of the edges of papers as she flips and that kind of thing, it's all written in like elven shorthand or longhand, in different colors of ink, in like almost random directions on the page. Like it's. Somebody who was marginally sane wrote this book about doing really heinous things with magic back in the day. And you can see her, like, that realization is dawning on her face, too. And just from standing there watching her do this, you can tell that she is putting together in her head what this is why it was for her grandfather, and what he was trying to do. 
She's not sharing any of that, but she's figuring it out. Behind her, uh, Istvan is walking Henrika through like the steps of the ritual, and they are gonna be they're 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 moving closer to the the insensate person standing in front of the dimensional gateway, as though the the ritual is about to commence. Can we can we hold up on the ritual for just one second here? There's a thing going on, so just want to let people read books, maybe make better decisions. Are you addressing who? Who are you aiming that towards? Are you just saying it out loud? Are you? Well, I'm I'm aiming it towards the people that are approaching the god to stab it in the life force. Okay. Um. Godling, excuse me. When you do that, uh, Enrico turns towards you with like, like people use the phrase deer in the headlights look a lot. <laughs> and this is sort of like that. And she not like does not totally physically dissimilar from a deer. Like she's got a, like, she's very tall, slender features. She kind of looks like a humanoid deer person. Uh, and when she turns towards you, she is clearly very like uncomfortable and frightened with what's going on looking for some kind of direction and sign, which she's been getting from Isvin until now. Isvin turns when you make this address and just sort of looks annoyed at you and very resolved to do the thing that he's doing. And he will address you in his, like, weirdly loud but not very deep voice. I think we covered this. Uh, you say, there is no time. We must finish this before, before. Before what? Before the shard of the creeping frost escapes into our world. This is the way it must be. I, I, I hear you. That That's important. And I'm definitely on board with us not getting the Creeping Frost into this world. And also, I think we probably have a few seconds to read a book, right? You can see him looking from you to Ilsa. And sort of... And then to the void. And you can almost... He doesn't quite do the motion, but you can almost see him, like, testing the metaphysical winds, Right? See if he can get a sense of how long it's going to be when the storm's going to actually roll in. Um, and he fixes his eyes on you, Doc, since you're the one that addressed him, and says, What would you accomplish here now? This must be done. We have time after, but this must be done now. Is it really urgent that it has to be done now, or is it a thing that we can just talk about for 30 seconds? Because, like, I, y'all have been doing this for so long that I feel like maybe, like, you know how urgent this is. And if you tell me it absolutely positively has to be done at this very second, then, like, okay, right? Like, we can, you know, you're the expert here, not me. And also... You know, it didn't seem like we were urgently rushing towards this 20 minutes ago. 
seemed like a thing that was going to happen. And it still seems like a thing that's going to happen. So, like, what's the harm in letting us read this book for a second? Do you, um, do you still have, you, you should still have, like, the telepathy running. Did you, did you let that leave Henrika, or is that still on? I mean, I'll, I, I don't think I turn those off without a reason, or it elapses. Okay. Okay. Um, when you say that you've been doing this for a long time, you get like a flash from Henrika and the flash that you get is sort of a combination of doubt and apprehension and a feeling that maybe that's not strictly true of the people in this room. Okay. That's weird. I, I relay that on a mental IRC. So now I feel like I'm missing something. Well, not all these people are elves, are they? All of them have elfin features, but they're all like... Like, a couple of them are more elfin than the other, right? Ilsa's, Ilsa's pretty human with a few elfin features, whereas Isvin is more elven with human features, right? It really seems like you're looking at sort of a broad spectrum of, um, of of like cross pollination between the two species, right? But also, I would just to point this out in case it wasn't clear in the heads of my players. No one's told you how often this has to happen. And, um, there's been some turnover in town recently. Like, the first thing you found was a, some dead bodies. Hmm. Okay. Um, while you're, pon- while you're pondering that, Ilsa is still flipping through the book, like, somewhat randomly, although she seems to have, be, sl- be sort of flipping back and forth fourth through one section of the book and at one point she turns and she sort of holds the book up in the air and looks towards the back corner where she went to go get the shards from the ground um and then you can see her comparing what she sees like looking at the page looking at the wall looking at the page looking at the wall and then uh flipping again to somewhere else Again, she's putting something together in her head right now. All right, what are we thinking, folks? Yeah, I really don't know. It's weird. I, given what we brought, I think there's a pretty good chance that we might have a much more permanent solution to sealing this rift as opposed to sacrificing the being standing over there. So, I know I've given you a lot to think about, and there's a lot going on here. Uh, some of the exposition may not make any sense because I'm not. There's a there's some some context that's been missed or left out or things like that. Um, unrelatedly, I'm about to tell you. Are you familiar? Are you folks familiar with the 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 tabletop role playing game uh, Feng Shui? No, a little bit. Okay, not really. It's a uh, 
Hong Kong action movie slash time travel kung fu thing game, right? It's supposed to be very high action. And one of the tenets of the game, and I, I live by this when I run games in any system, but one of the tenets of the game, it's written right there in the, in the, the game master section, is that if your players are unsure what happens next, a mook, like a, a bad guy with a shotgun, kicks down the door. <laughs> so, my general feeling is that I, if I, as a game master, have not given you enough context in which to move forward, uh, I'm just going to keep escalating the situation until something happens. <laughs> So, if I have not provided you with the information you need to act in this moment, that's fine. That's on me. The dude with the shotgun is about to show up. And that's not like a black mark on any of this, on any of you. I just... If I have not provided the pro proper context and I've left you at sort of an impasse... Yeah, dude with the shotgun, kicking down the door. So... I'm happy to move to that step, or if you've got a resolution, let's go for it. I would like um, the person to be able to finish reading their book and present some options. Okay. I don't know how uh, how reasonable or, like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm out of line saying that, I guess. Out of line. You know what? That's where my head's at. How does everybody else feel? No, that makes sense. I mean... Yeah, I guess. Ooh, I'll take a moment and consult my inner uh, taskmaster. Okay. Like, I think trying to find a more permanent solution is a good idea, and going and stopping the ritual, well, pausing the ritual, right? Like, I guess that's what I'm leaning towards right now. Do I get any kind of feedback on that? The voices in your head are very muted, um, mm -hmm. but they're also pretty conflicted. Uh, from a lore standpoint, the, the, the forces that have aligned themselves with you are both very protective of the kind of person who's about to be sacrificed um, yep. and very, very against the thing that's being prevented. Okay. So... If if a th third way is available, option were available, they would prefer that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would like to give the person with the book more time. Uh, am I clear to go do that? I kind of look around to the doc and the elf. I yeah. I mean, we, I I would like to see if there's some other way of resolving this, as well. Uh, right. um, you said godling there, which is like looking around kind of dazed, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I go and I start like tidying up as a kind of old grandmother, you know, making sure his <laughs> hair is nice, making sure that he's presentable, his clothes aren't all wrinkled and stuff like that. And just basically being there and making it hard for anyone to like, you know, stab him without me being in the way. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Yes. Uh, you can, uh. Make sure the, the ritual sacrifice is is properly grandmothered uh, <laughs> as a delay tactic. That's fine. Um, yeah, Ilsa is going to start is going to head back to that corner. 
um, and starts running her hands over like inscriptions and things that have may have been like painted at one point and lost color or she is doing some hardcore archaeology right now. Can I help you? Okay. Um, and she, she looks at you, Doc, when you come over and says, um, does this look, and she sort of points up at the archway in this little alcove area where she found the shards of the rocks, right? The, the semi-precious stones. And looks up and says, does that look like it's been smashed to you? And it very clearly does. It looks like somebody yes. smashed this. Totally. Somebody definitely smashed this. Why would they do that, though? And she starts flipping her book again. Um, give me a knowledge religion rule, Doc. Ooh. See if you know what you're talking about here. Not about the smash. It definitely was smashed, but... No! I know nothing. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Um, yeah. The inscription on this archway, combined with, like, the fairly intricate metalwork that's still there, but is in, like, pieces, and the rocks that have fallen, they give you a vibe. Like, this feels like... An object, an artifact of power. Somebody built this archway to do a thing. I mean, that makes sense, right? We're in a place of God killing, right? So, mm-hmm. gotta have that functional architecture. Yep. It built it to do a thing, and then somebody else, relatively recently, made it not do that thing. Elamir, what are you doing? I am keeping half an eye on the armed guards and the other half making sure that um, ritual guy doesn't start heading towards that dagger again. So keeping an eye on the weapons in the room. Okay. Okay. Ritual guy. So to your, like, again, trained, like, I've been in fights before and know what it looks like when somebody's agitated to the point of potential violence. Eyes. Um, that's where, even when it's like presenting a, a fairly cold and business-like front and sort of hiding behind his religious fervor, Isvan is, the brother Isvan, the priest, is scared. And he looks like somebody who's getting pretty close to scared to the point of violence. The thing that feels weird to you is he doesn't look like he's scared of anything in the room. Including the nether void. That's not what he's trying to protect himself from. That's not what he's sensing a threat to himself from. Curious. Okay. Uh, Granny Thick, uh, mm-hmm. Henrika is going to help you tidy up our your uh subject there um and then after uh a minute or so of doing that we'll sort of begin what she thinks is the process of moving them back onto the the roots are you going to allow that to happen 
I'll do a quick mental IRC check in there. Where are we? What? I just they're moving. Want to move her back onto the uh, ritual sacrifice thing? Yeah. Are we coming on the other way of doing this? I mean, how are we coming in on a little bit of doing this? All I know is that we're underneath the. How much more time does um, not uh, Ilsa? Ilsa, thank you. I'm just gonna keep thinking of Lady from Frozen. Yeah, well, that's because her name's Elsa, and I'm pretty sure it's actually the same name. Um, no, uh, it's not clear. It's not clear that Ilsa is actually making any progress, any progress right? on. Fixing this thing if it's broken. She is more... She's making more progress on what went wrong. In her head, she's putting together what went wrong. Again, not sharing this information openly with you. Um, she hasn't shared it at least openly. Uh, but... I don't know that, honestly, it would feel like at this point that she's actually going to get it fixed right now yeah um remember that book came with metalworking tools and rocks that have not been cut properly if what's over here is any indication oh to fix the arch looks like yeah or to fix some sort of thing in this process that is broken Mm-hmm. yeah yeah you can see that the same those kinds of stones, and there's a variety of them, but I mean, they, they do. The archway is lined in cut versions of those stones. Um, there are a number of them smashed on the floor, however, along with just like crinkled up wreckage of fine metalwork. So this is we can fix the thing long term, or also can somebody can fix this long term. But it's not a today thing. Yeah. Right, so. It's not a today thing, probably. And our options today are pretty much sacrifice the godling and not ruin, I mean, now, <laughs> right? Like, this world. Uh-huh. Or not do that and probably get into some sort of, like bad long-term winter situation yes i mean yeah so probably yeah um those are at least the options immediately provided uh elamir istvan is uh moving towards the dagger uh he looks extremely like he's very outwardly calm and but you can sense like there's a distinct agitation about him he is paranoid almost like he is very clearly extremely worried about something specific happening right now i i'm gonna open up a tab into this dude's mind okay um he will attempt to save because he is massively on the defensive so let me open him up And fail. Okay. You can't mind control him, but you can do this. So, you open up a tap to his brain. And you get service thoughts and a couple other things. Um, and your his service thought is... 
I need to do this before he gets here. And the he in that sentence is... I'm sorry, can you, can you repeat yeah. that? Before he what? Before what? he gets here. And the he in that that thought sentence is not the greater old one or the minor old one or whoever's behind that thing. He's worried that someone is coming and he has a fear for his own personal life if what's about to happen doesn't happen before that person arrives. And he's going for the dagger. Okay, but... The, huh. But he's not worried about the godling or, or Eternal Winter or anyone in this room. He's worried about somebody else. Yes. Um... And we don't have anybody that can figure out this ritual, right? I mean, you've got lore religion. The granny has lore demonology or something like that. Like, you could put together the the idea of the ritual if you needed to. Probably, it's not. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You stab the orphan, right? <laughs> like, that's how magic works in the system. You stab the orphan. So. It's more of a like a long term thing. Like the question is, do we know how much time? I, I want to know how much time we have left to make this decision, right? Can we spend days, not minutes, in this situation? Okay. Um. Yeah. It's a really good question. Well, okay. So, um, you have like lore, magic, and stuff, right? Yes. Give me a lore magic roll, and a success will give you like the, the. Okay, that was not that was not a success, but that was a sixty nine. So I count it. Um, um, this is not the kind of thing that happens in an afternoon. Like the thing that they're worried about happening. Specifically, sorry, I should rephrase that. The escape of a great old one is not an event that happens today. Right. What's probably going to happen if this is not done is the weather is going to keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse and all sorts of squamous and other Cthulian adverbs are going to be happening around this area as reality sort of reshapes itself to accommodate this thing that's on the other side right eventually it will just be here you're not like holding the door shut you're sort of preventing that process from happening right there's not things aren't going to get better until something's done but the death itself like, there will become a point of no return, but it's not, it's, you don't have any good reason to think it's today, today. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do we have any idea how long the cycle is? Um, give me another lore magic check. We'll see if you make this one. I'll ballpark it for you if you don't. Wow, that's a three. Is your lore magic really 15? 
Yeah. Oh, my all of my skills are like two. <laughs> that's that's yeah. That's so low. Um, but you hit. You nailed this one. Um, when you're talking about like great old ones, the like gods that were gods before the gods were, um, their time scales are intense. Like mortal lifetimes of intense right you're probably looking at like this if you had to ballpark it this is probably a generational thing for this village right once a generation roughly they have to do this again every 25 30 years probably all right so if we let them finish the ritual now, it just means that in another 25, 30 years, we try again. Yep. I don't know. I, I don't... That doesn't sound super urgent to me. We have days. Uh, let's let this guy... And, and, like, anybody can just stab this godling, right? It doesn't have to be this person or whatever. That's certainly your understanding. Um, Istvan... Like is obviously schooled in this the 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 specifics of this process and seems pretty keen to get on with it at the moment, but it's not your understanding that these sorts of things have to be performed by specific individuals most of the time. So Elsa, you seem to be pretty happy with this book. I want to give you some time to think about what's going on and maybe make some decisions and maybe repair this thing or whatever's going on. So let's not kill the godling today. Let's hold off. Maybe a day, maybe a week, right? Um, you know, we can find some... If you, we need to repair this thing, let's get some people together to repair it, right? Like, because if we we, if we we make a mistake today, we pay for it for the next 25, 30 years, right? We can we can take an ounce of caution at this point. Uh, she, she looks up from her book... Um... And it takes a second for her to focus on you and the words you just said. You can tell it takes a, a minute to, to process. Um, Henrika, on the other hand, is like scandalized by what she just said. Uh, yep. And Istvan looks very unhappy uh, with the thing that you're saying. Um, Ilsa, however, sort of agrees, and, and you can see that she's thinking about the long term, and she very much has a plan. It's unclear if she is going to know how to do it immediately, right? Uh, and she said, I think, that, I think that's a good idea. I think we should hold off just a minute. We can stand. We can take another few days of this. Please let me, and she turns towards Isvan, she says, please let me, let me take this, and she takes the, she has the book, and she sort of, she holds up like the, the part of the wreckage of the archway. Please let me take this to my, my grandfather's workshop. I, I think, I think something can be done. And you can tell that Isvan is, really really unhappy with this this turn of events uh but he is unwilling to fight her on it because he sort of 
nods in that like priestly acquiescence way, right? Um, but one of his hands is still like white knuckled on that dagger. He's not, mo- yeah, he's not moving towards the person though. I think Grandma Thick will go over to him. It's like, honey, what's the matter? You seem so upset with this. This seems like such a good uh, resolution for everybody. Like, you know, puts her hands on his shoulder and stuff like that. Just kind of like, uh... Okay, so when you touch him... Yeah. So nobody knows how magnets work, but... Nope. (laughs) When you touch your hand to this person, it's almost like... You share a polarity with them. Okay. And there's not like a physical shock, but like a metaphysical shock that goes through you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get the immediate sense, and he gets the immediate sense about you as well, that this is a person specifically imbued with some kind of divine power. And when you say the same polarity, like, are we similar aligned, or is it just someone who also has God stuff going on with them? You are similarly aligned. Um, you are of the same... T- Your gods and their gods are... And his god slash gods are... Similar enough that you recognize that kind of resonance. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's something that's not... And not to say that yours is right in an uh, yeah, yeah, but like the feeling you get from his is that like yours is being propped up by forces that are not terribly powerful, but mm-hmm. exists, right? Your impression from his is that his is being propped up by forces that are pretty powerful, but don't strictly exist in the strictest sense. Oh, honey. <laughs> Are you the servant of the Dark Lord? <laughs> no, he's he, it's definitely like he's definitely like a priest of light, right? In the okay. in the terms of All his right. game. But uh if you had to guess, he is the priest of light of a dead god. Huh. And he is making do with div- with ambient divine energies rather than like a direct line to an actual deity even one as like weak as yours yeah which is a concept that finds very weird yes um, yes it's a weird concept. why wouldn't you just change teams <laughs> <laughs> your landlord doesn't have a house anymore they're no longer your landlord go, come on go find a better deal like go free agents that's very Moon Knight. <laughs> what was that, Mike? That's very Moon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Uh, um, Alright. Are, are you worried about something there, honey? We should... And he sort of recoils at your touch. Um, and mm-hmm. spins a little too long, like, looking directly at you in a very intense way. <laughs> Uh, 
and then collects himself and sort of pulls his arm back and says, if we are not doing this now, we should regather at the church. It is not... Staying here unprotected is unwise and can have unfortunate consequences. Hmm. Um, and uh, Ilsa seems to agree with him at that. Would you know anything about those ruffians at the inn? Had a rather fancy sword. Didn't I take the fancy sword? I believe Doc pocketed both weapons, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I thought we had it. But they were some kind of weird cult bullshit. It's going around. Yeah. Because I don't think they'll be a problem anymore. They seem to get a little frightened and run off. Um, when you, if, if you're saying this to him, uh, the Isfin, mm-hmm. he will immediately... There will be a flash of recognition. And, uh, Mike, you still got the telep- telepathic link open to this guy, right, Doc? Yeah. Um, you get a very clear, like, flash of a person that looks a lot like the guy you uh, froze in place and then destroyed. (laughs) Um, It's not that guy. It's someone else dressed like him, carrying the same weapons as him. And this brother Istvan is deathly afraid of that person. I'm sorry, was that person coming in here, or were they just... No, that is just in his head. When when yeah. Grandma Thick mentions those people, the, the fight you guys had at the inn, Brother Isfin's mind goes directly to that place. Gotcha. I mean, I'm not going to tell him that I just turned these people off. That's fair. I'm thinking it. That's fair. Um, the impression, the immediate uh, mental impression you get from him is that... Uh, it's possible the one that you offered directly was an understudy, or at least is like less oppressively terrifying to you than it was to him. Yes, if the understudy. So yeah. Um, okay. If if we're ready to do that, I think that uh, Ilsa is packing up her belongings along with the the book. And some of the stuff, like the the rubble from inside this area, um, Istvan is uh, working with Henrika to properly store the dagger. Um, And the group is reluctantly or otherwise sort of moving to leave this place. Okay, I mean, that sounds... Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then you all, collectively... Uh, what Was one of you attempting to transport the, the, the sacrificial individual? Oh, I guess I'll stay near. I'm just out of not trusting any of these stupid pointy-eared bastards. That's fair. Um, are, is that person coming with you, I guess? Yes. Okay. Even if that means I just don't leave, I'm staying near them. Okay, yeah. Uh, you will probably need to carry them then. Aww. 
I totally do that using old lady strength. Yes. <laughs> Grandma just fireman carries this this person <laughs> with one arm using the other one for her cane. Is that how this works? Yep. Exactly. All right. Uh, yeah, with that mental image, I think we'll call it there. Um, and this has been uh, not in all how I thought this session was going to go. So, great. Yes, we have succeeded in once again ruining your file. Love it. Um, yeah. It's actually with a distinct lack of homicidal nature. Yeah, like nobody died, which was amazing. There was no homicide. There was no deicide. It was just... A lot of talking. There wasn't even like, yeah, overt threats of violence either. Nope. nope. <laughs> Covert threats of violence. Like, Implied violence yeah. was certainly present. But I came close a couple times of just like, if you want to start something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, so yeah, that has been, this has been that D&D podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, thanks for playing, everybody. Really appreciate it. Always fun to see what ways you twist my words into strange shapes. <laughs> really appreciate it. Um, and we will catch you all next time. Thanks for listening. That D&D podcast is released under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Feel free to share with friends, but don't cut anything out and don't sell our work. Please visit us at thatdndpodcast.com or on Twitch or YouTube at That D&D Podcast. Intro music is Dark Matter by M33 Project and is available on the Free Music Archive. M33 Project can also be found on YouTube and Instagram. Outro music is Betrayed by Scott Holmes Music. This and other works by Scott Holmes Music can be found on the Free Music Archive, SoundCloud, or scottholmesmusic.com. The Palladium Fantasy RPG, written by Kevin Ciambietta, is owned and published by Palladium Books. All other copyrighted content is owned by its associated copyright holder. <laughs>